Welcome to the Senior Caregiver Podcast, where we talk about caring for aging loved ones and ourselves. This is a safe space that recognizes both the joys and challenges of senior caregiving. And our goal in every episode is to provide helpful resources and how-to information for you. Here's Bill Worthington. We're here with Rita Altman, Senior Vice President of Memory Care and Program Services for Sunrise Senior Living, where she uses the latest evidence-based research to design and oversee Sunrise's resident programming. Rita has more than 35 years of nursing experience in a variety of care settings. She's also one of only a few validation masters worldwide and has studied under Naomi File, developer of the validation method. Today, we're going to continue our discussion with Rita about memory loss, specifically the signs and symptoms of younger onset Alzheimer's, how to handle it when it's your best friend diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and the difference between normal forgetfulness and memory loss. Let's begin with the question about the difference between younger onset Alzheimer's and a diagnosis for those in later years, which most of us think of when we hear the term Alzheimer's. Rita, the difference. Sometimes With younger onset, there are more atypical forms of Alzheimer's disease or related dementias that occur. So some of the first signs or symptoms in a younger person, while uh, memory loss may be an early first sign or symptom, that's not always the case. So depending on the type of younger onset memory loss they have, it may be that behavior could be one of the earliest indicators. So it could be that they have a a more flattened affect, uh, more apathetic, not as empathetic. It could be that they have some um, issues with word finding, with, uh, with speech patterns. So that could be an early sign, even before signs of memory loss. It could be that they have some visual or perceptual issues because there are forms that affect the part of the brain that helps uh, with the visual and spatial abilities. So those could be some different kinds of signs and symptoms than one might expect from the classic Alzheimer's. But that's not to say that classic Alzheimer's disease doesn't occur with individuals under 65. It's... um, Devastating no matter what age, but especially in individuals under the age of 65 because they were not expecting to uh, stop life, stop work. Uh, So many of them are, um, you know, in the throes of really active, productive lives, raising children and, and careers and not ready to retire and not ready to retire to that type of illness. How about this scenario, Rita? My best friend has just been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Should I change the way I approach this friend or or not? Continue to be that friend is what I would say. Don't change a lot about yourself. Be to that person the person you've always been to them. Be open and ready for some emotional stuff to happen, possibly. Don't abandon them. Stay with them. Don't forget them. Um, Individuals with uh, memory loss or who are uh, in the early stage or have just been diagnosed have talked about that. You know, they, they still want to play an important part in life, period. They still want to stay connected with their loved ones. They don't want their spouse to be the one that you are calling to talk about them, Mm. talk to them, be with them. Uh, Might be difficult. It's probably one of the most difficult diagnoses for anybody 
to accept or live through. But I think that's when people need to have their friends more than ever. Don't see them as the disease. See them as the person they've always been and be with them through it. Rita, as memory loss starts to manifest, how common is it to find that your loved one has shared a moment with you? Let's say we've just watched something on television together. And depending on the stage, is that memory almost gone immediately? Right. It depends on the, on the phase or the stage that they're in. And in the earliest uh, phase, it, it may linger for a while. But one of the first most typical symptoms of memory loss is that individuals begin to forget things that they've just learned, heard, or experienced. Short term. So, it, yeah, the, many call that the short-term memory. Just, just the, the, they may remember snippets of it. Uh, they may completely have forgotten it. If it holds a lot of emotion, uh, they may hold on to it longer, to the feeling of whatever they experience. So it may be a concert that they attended with you or something that you've watched together, a program on TV that you know they love a particular musical artist and that person's having a, a, a concert and you, and you play that for them and enjoy it with them. They may have a residual feeling of, oh, I feel good when it's over. But if you say to them, hey, didn't you love the, the boots and the hat that so-and-so was wearing as he sang, they may not be able to tune into that so well. In preparation for our talk, I, I came across a technique that is identified as asking questions in the extreme, which is part of the validation method. How does that come into play? Well, that can come into play um, when a person is having um, some difficulty with, with something that's happening. It could be they don't like the food. They just don't like what you prepared for them. They were a great cook, and now you've tried to make their favorite soup, and it hasn't turned out. Not so even right. close. Not even close. So, uh, or they may be living in an assisted living community, and the chef hasn't quite caught on to exactly the kind of recipe they like. So they may say, this is awful. I don't want to eat this. This isn't what I made for you. Well, you might say, by using the extreme, you might say, is this the worst soup you've ever had? That's asking the extreme. Was there ever a time that we made really good food? Um, and, and it's kind of like putting it out, the worst, the best. And that gives them a lot of leeway and opportunity to weigh in. Now, I remember forgetting where I put my keys as a young man. Should I have been concerned? Probably not. But what is the main difference between being normally forgetful and Alzheimer's, if we're looking for signs? It's an important thing to keep in mind and to refer back to that, that the checklist is on the Alzheimer's Association website. Should anyone need to refresh their own mind or pull up that checklist and refer to it? Uh, but to your point just now about misplacing things mm -hmm. or losing the ability uh, to remember where something is, the key element here is that when we lose the ability to retrace what we've lost, that's what is more concerning with memory loss versus any of us who might misplace things from time to time. We might misplace our keys. A 20-year-old could do that. Um, any of us can, can misplace something from time to time. It's when we really can't remember or know how to retrace it, that that can be a warning sign, something to be aware of. Um, some of the others might be uh, our memory loss that, 
that really disrupts daily life. Such Re- as, I mean, I mean, such as something that you've just learned. Um, maybe it's it's that you just talked about a, a, an appointment or an event uh, that you that you're going to attend, and it totally, and it just it's, it's just gone. It's just gone. Uh, versus. Normal forgetfulness could be we sometimes do forget a name. We sometimes do forget an appointment. Um, so that would be the difference. The, the sometimes do versus the I just heard it. I even put it on my calendar. I totally forgot it. And that's occurring more than once. Okay? So that's that can be a sign. Challenges in planning or solving problems. So... That could be keeping track of our monthly bills, balancing the checkbook, uh, where one was always really good at that, didn't have real problems, now beginning to have challenges with that. Something, though, that can be typical is any of us can make a mistake in balancing our checkbook. Of course, yes. Any of us can forget to pay the water bill from time to time. Right. But it's when it's, it's it becomes more of a an ongoing, repetitive kind of thing that one can be concerned. The water bill last month, it's the electric <laughs> bill this month, it's something else next month. It's, That's a pattern. Yes, that, uh, that kind of cumulative effect, to your point. Absolutely. Uh, difficulty completing familiar tasks at home, at work, or even at play or, or during your leisure time. So Severely or, or casually? In other words, I've done this particular task what seems like a hundred times. But now I can't do it. Is that a sign? Well, it can be a sign. I'll give you an example. Um, you, you always drove to a familiar location. Maybe it was to the golf course right. or to the grocery store. And you're on the road, and you've totally just forgotten how to get there. You, you become lost. Or Something where, that was very familiar. Or where you were going. Yes, or the thought of where was I going. And I know we've all had the moments where we walk into a room in our house, and... We have to stop for a minute and go, why did I come here? Like, well, And most, and many people have that experience. So don't panic if that happens. It's really when you're beginning to lose track of what had been familiar. Um, occasionally you might need a reminder on how to work a particular thing on your microwave that you haven't, a feature that you haven't worked before. So don't panic. I know microwaves are familiar, but... Sometimes we need a little refresher on uh, maybe the defrost or some particular part. So, again, don't panic on that. Um, Confusion with time or place is a sign. Um, What do you mean by that? Trouble understanding or keeping track of dates, Ah. of of seasons, the passage of time, uh, beginning to lose track of, well, we know we're going to be moving into the fall season now, for instance. Right. Uh, Individuals who are truly starting to lose track of that. Uh, getting confused about a, a, a day of the week or sometimes a date, you know, I think some of us, uh, ha- if it's right after a holiday and we're back to work on a Tuesday instead of a Monday, that's very common that mm. you might kind of get your day mixed up. Sure. But, but if that's, again, a very consistent thing, that's something to be a more concerned about. Trouble understanding visual images and spatial relationships. So some people, not all people, but some people may begin to have difficulty um, reading, judging distance with space perception. They may even pass by a mirror and think that it's someone else and it's really their reflection. Yeah. 
So really being able to recognize the difference, uh, that can be a, a checklist or a warning sign. Vision changes due to aging processes or cataracts or glaucoma or any of those things, those can just be normal, normal. age-related changes. Another one of the checklist um, warning signs would be new problems with words in speaking or in writing. So having beginning a conversation or beginning to say something and just stopping mid-sentence with nothing to say, like you just blank. Uh, that's that's a concern. We all have problems sometimes in word finding, okay? So we might say, oh, put that over there on that uh, thingamajig. Um, 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 uh, I mean, uh, put it on the dresser. You know, we, we finally pull it up, but if it's persistent and we're having difficulty actually stopping in the middle of a sentence and not having anything to follow. Again, looking for patterns. Correct. Looking for patterns, not for any, just one time. Right. Having poor judgment, not making good decisions. We sometimes hear about individuals that have been pretty much taken by telemarketers or that phone call where they're promising something and the person's like, just quick decision. Yep, that sounds good. Here's my money. Uh, versus really slowing down and using, the, using their judgment. Rita, all sorts of therapies have been demonstrated to be effective in comforting our loved one. What about medications? Is there any help there? Sometimes in this society, one of the things that we want to do, we want a quick fix. So, and very often we want to reach for a pill to make that go away. Where is that pill? Is it at the pharmacy? <laughs> I'm guessing it's not. Actually, there are, yeah, those pills are at the pharmacy. Um, not all of those pills are really good for an individual with memory loss. Oh, okay. And by that, I'm talking about uh, some of the psychotropic medications or antipsychotic medications. In fact, there's a black box warning on those So for people with, with true Alzheimer's-type dementia. So it's really it's incumbent on us to try to always reach out or find non-pharmaceutical or non-pharmacologic approaches. Understood and very practical. Thank you, Rita. I feel like we've learned so much here today about memory loss and Alzheimer's, so much good information. You know, sometimes the podcast goes by quickly, so be sure to check out the show notes on today's podcast, along with other helpful memory and Alzheimer's-related resources on the Sunrise blog. Just head to the sunriseblog.com. I'm Bill Worthington. Thank you for listening. The Senior Caregiver Podcast is brought to you by Sunrise Senior Living. With communities in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom, Sunrise residents receive personalized care based on their unique interests and needs with a focus on preserving dignity and promoting independence. For more information and resources, please visit sunriseseniorliving.com. Mm-hmm.